0: We're
1: putting the band back together.
0: Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Oh, oh this is
2: gonna be fun. You
1: see at late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making
3: lots Because people have got to oh. know whether or not their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. I'm not gonna give you a question. Can you
0: stay catacly? You are fake me. news. Sir, go ahead. I can,
4: you can st- see Russia from my house. <laughs>
0: Mr. Gorbachev,
4: tear down this wall. Uh, we um, like drink box water bottles. No, the proof is a
0: proof. What kind of proof? It's a proof. Here come the play.
4: Champions. 1989. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. El Presidente. El Perfecto. Lindsey Crombie. The Golden goal. And the
2: Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll a bigger
1: home run in your life. Welcome
2: to the Edge of Tomfoolery. I have these notes, but so I gotta say, I'm just fired up to be here today. It's pretty cool. Hey, hey, what's going on, people? My name is Bruce Mackey, and this is The Edge of Tomfoolery. We talk the sports, we talk the politics, we talk the music, and a little of the tomfoolery along the way. Joining me, as always, he is the mayor of Ivanhoe himself. Sir Robert Morris, Bobby, how are
0: you? I'm doing well, Bruce. How about yourself? Oh man,
2: any better? Have to cancel the OHIP. There you go. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And joining us all the way, the future mayor of Calgary, Alberta. He's going to replace Mr. Mayor Nenci. Uh, his name is Stephen Height. How are you, buddy?
1: I'm doing excellent. I'm going to be one of 84 people trying to be the mayor of Calgary this time. So, <laughs> Do you, uh, you have a shot? Do
2: you think you have a chance? I, I
1: like my chances, yeah. I mean, it, it's got to be somewhere in the box, right? So we'll get it. We'll get it.
2: Well, listen, I am excited tonight. We are going to be uh, having a goalie roundtable on tonight's show. We've got uh, Jordan Ruby and Matt Eggink. We're going to hear from them just shortly.
4: Tuka Rask slams the stick into the post and then flings the Same puck to one the one corner. Eight. Now watch this exchange has a couple of words for Crawford. Crawford was John at him. Oh no, he wants to drop the gloves. Frog hockey back in town. You're losing by a touchdown and you just
3: grab a sweater. Oh the training right. The goalie's going at it. the sack. The goaltender's there.
2: It's a hockey, you know. It's only it's only a game. Why do you have to be mad? <laughs> Why do you have to be mad? It's only a game. Welcome to the show, Matt Eggink and Jordan Ruby. Hey, guys, how are you?
4: We're great, Bruce. How are you doing, man?
2: Oh, man. Any better. As I said, the old hip would be gone. Jordan, how are you? I'm doing
3: great. He's he 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 interacting him. with yeah. the fans. Yeah. He's going to talk to them I, all individually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna I'm going to
2: stop that, that there. There we go. I can, I can hear you now, Jordan. Are you there?
3: Nice, I'm there. You're there. I was enjoying those goalie highlights, so thank you.
2: Uh, <laughs> listen, we, we want to talk goalie. Ready for
3: the
1: trip, so yeah, yeah, I know.
2: Goalie trips. Now tonight, I wear a different i I wear a different jersey every podcast that we do, and tonight I'm wearing this is a limited edition Trenton Golden Hawks jersey. But if you check out the back,
4: check out the back here. No, nice David Ayers. Uh, David Ayers. It's the goalie. Nice. It's
2: the Zamboni driver who nice. uh, lived every man's <laughs> dream. So um, yeah. So played an actual game. So we want to talk goalies, and and first of all, goalies are known for kind of being a little peculiar, and you know they playing without masks. They talking to goalposts. Uh, Matt, what makes goalies unique?
4: Um, well, I think you you kind of said it just right there. We're uh, we're a different breed. Uh, maybe a few screws loose uh, I'll speak for myself on that one personally um, you know what it's it's a it's a passion for the position that goes beyond you know your 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 you know your your all sense of of, of what's right I mean you just you stop pucks yeah at all costs and yeah we're, we're our own breed that's for sure yeah
2: <laughs> now Jordan before I ask you I just I went checking on the interwebs and we, we came across this
4: coming up with it. Oh no! no Ruby, a big time save. Jordan Ruby saves the Tigers with six seconds remaining in the period. Here comes
1: Travis Brown, winding his way in, big slap shot, and the save made by Ruby, touching down. Ruby looking for the save to end it. Rupert in left circle shot, glove save made by Ruby, and the Nailers win the shootout in the game. Now,
2: does that pump your tires up a little bit, Jordan? Yeah, that makes makes me happy. <laughs> All right, bring on the chirp. Okay, no, I, we're not going to chirp. I, you know, we're we're going to be kind. Talk about what is it? What was it? What is it that makes goalies unique?
3: Well, people think goalies are weird, and I always try to put it in the context of um, you try standing in front, of like in your crease, and that's the only way you, only place you can be for a full game. Like, Just standing there. You think goalies are weird talking to ourselves. It's like, yeah, we have no one else to talk to. you <laughs> pro, right. or NCAAs and pros. And then you get TV timeouts. And then every goalie goes to the bench. It's kind of like, hey, guys, what's going on? <laughs> uh, you're lonely. No, it's, obviously, we're unique for the obvious reason. Uh, no one wants to be in our scenario. So someone had to be a goalie, and then you're stuck for life. Uh, but definitely the – Getting pucks fired at you, yeah, head level. Uh, yeah, makes you a little off. It's, yeah, we're a different animal, you could say, but it's but a good one. Steve, you got a question there.
1: Oh, yeah, I was was gonna ask Matt, is that your story? Someone had to be the goalie, so you were the goalie. And uh, is is that a bit of your story? And then, and then what caused you to start this brand vintage goalie? What was it about?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't so. Later on, it was because I wasn't a great skater. That's how I ended up in the net. And believe it or not, that's how I ended up becoming a, a better skater was was being a net. But as a kid, I loved, like we played a lot of road hockey. Some people call it street hockey. And I loved, I just loved being in the net. I just preferred to be in there. I thought that's where all the action was. That was the, the most fun. And then um, I was a late bloomer. So I didn't actually play ice hockey until uh, I was in my early 20s. And uh, that's when I moved to Ottawa and discovered all these outdoor rinks growing up in Hamilton, Southern Ontario, we didn't have that. Uh, you know, there was very few, if any, arenas. Not very many. And coming to Ottawa, uh, I started actually with uh, with the church. They had a few guys uh, after church that were playing outdoor pond hockey. And uh, well, that's a long story how I how all that came to be. But anyway, I got into net because that's where I wanted to be. That's where the action was. I have loved goaltending since I was a kid. And um, and then as far as how the brand started, well. I, I, you know, a little bit there, I guess it's, it's, it was almost my childhood, you know, coming out later in life because my parents couldn't afford to put me in. Sundays were for church, not for sports. And, um, and so I didn't play when I was young. And then into my 20s, now I'm out there and I'm having a riot. And uh, that combined with, I'm a bit of a junker. Like since I was a kid, I, you know, when my dad on a Saturday was going to the junkyard, Scrapyard. I was the first one in the truck, and uh, anything rusty, I had to keep it. So, you know, I've been collecting and junking and picking from my whole life. So those two worlds sort of come collided in in 2014, and and I started. I kept all my old gear, of course, because I'm a bit of a hoarder. I don't let stuff go, and uh, and that's sort of how it started. It's my passion for goaltending mixed in with being a picker. So there you that's go. Kind of how it started. Yeah, Bobby,
2: you got a
0: question yeah, for very Jordan. Cool. Yeah, Matt's answer kind of segues into my question. Uh, Jordan, when did you first know that you wanted to be a goalie? Uh,
3: still pending. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> it's still pending, uh, eh? <laughs> probably just, yeah, no. <laughs> uh, when it was uh So, for me, I think my influence, my, I love Paddy Waugh, so I was a big Paddy Waugh guy. Oh, yeah. So, I was a big Avalanche guy, especially their their 2001 was their dream team but when I was a younger kid it's you get to the age it might have been tight level um when you needed two two guys to rotate on goalies so you'd be a goalie and the next night or next game i would be a defenseman and then it was second year tight and it was we needed turned into we just need one full goalie or for the whole season and that was kind of the the first year, I was like, yeah, I kind of like this. This is fun. And I was okay with the other uh, defense, whatever I played. And But I had a little bit of a taste of it. And then, obviously, the next year, I'm like, you know what? I want to do it all goalie." So, I don't know if there was a revelation that I had. It was just I enjoyed it. It was fun. I'm pretty kind of, a, yeah, like a independent person. So, maybe goalies was for me. So, <laughs> yeah. You know.
2: So I do You might be showing your age, but you are aware that Patty Roy, Patty Roy, played for Montreal as well, right? He won two Stanley Cups in Montreal. I know. I so, know. Oh, yeah. he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, you're so young.
3: Was he? Was Was he after that Jacques Plante guy? Oh yeah. Here we go.
2: <laughs> oh man. No, still, no.
3: I I like Montreal. So yeah.
2: There you go. And I, you <laughs> we, know, I was we, at the game. We. I was yeah. at the game where he got traded. Bob, were you with me? I was, yeah. Yeah, we were at the game where Patty Roy played his last game for the Habs. No way. And we were there. And remember, Bob, I went to you and I said, when Patrick Roy went over to Ronald Corey and talked to him.
0: Oh, I remember.
2: And and, and Bob was like, uh, something's going on. And I said, I think he went over to apologize. Because he kind of mockingly did this to the crowd. I said, he went over to apologize. And Bob's like,
0: I don't think so, Bruce. <laughs> I said, I, if, if he is, it's the most spirited apology I have
4: ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah! So I can't believe you were there, man. That's incredible! Wow. Uh,
2: we had stand room tickets. I think it cost us twelve bucks. We were up in the wow. up. In, yeah, we were there. So, Matt, your your brand cool. features many retro images and throwbacks. Who was your role model as a goalie when you were growing up?
4: Yeah, I would say Kelly Rudy. I was a big Kelly Rudy fan. Um, because did you wear the tassel? Wasn't... Did you wear the little
2: tassel thing? Oh, I, I did. Oh, yep. no. Yep.
4: <laughs> uh, I got the picture here somewhere, but I wore a bandana, <laughs> definitely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, I didn't rip my blue T-shirts. My mom would have killed me, but I had a, another bandana I used to wear. But, yeah, Kelly Rudy for sure. Um, so because we didn't grow up playing, because it just wasn't a priority in our home, um, my buddy down the road, he was in a hockey home. His dad played old-timers hockey, and his, you know, my, my buddy played competitive. And... His dad used to record because he was a Gretzky fan, so he used to record all the uh, the Edmonton Oilers games. So Saturday mornings, we'd go over to my buddy's place because he had one. of the, You remember the big satellite dish, right? Yeah, yeah. So he'd record all the games, and <laughs> so Saturday mornings, that's where I was. I'd go to his place. Saturday mornings, we'd watch the games on VHS recorded from the night before, and it was it was. Um, I mean, obviously, I was a Fure fan as well, uh, but it was there was something about Kelly Rudy. That Joe bucket, the moment he lifted that mask up and he had the flow and the bandana, I mean, I was told He was he was the man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> he had you hooked, eh? Oh, oh, yeah. Bobby, you got another question?
0: Uh, yeah, Jordan, you won uh, a championship playing uh, for the Wellington Dukes. Can you describe what that experience was like and some particular thing maybe that stands out about that uh, season?
3: That season... That was a long season. (laughs) That like went right into the summer. Um, That season was, it's, you don't get many chances when you can win championships. Uh, It doesn't matter what, what level you're at NHL to, to, to house league. It's like 99% of teams like lose their last game. Like it's a kind of funny, crazy fact to think about. So that year, um, We definitely knew we had, like, something special, Um, but just to go, but to actually, like, execute it and win it all. So, anyway, so one thing that really, well, first off, what I would say with Wellington is it's, like, it's probably one of the greatest hockey towns around. It's, I know, like, the population probably changed, but it's, like, 1,700 people, and then... The joke is how many, how many seats does the arena hold? <laughs> Seventeen hundred people. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they got a new arena since that too. They had an old arena, the Duke Dome, but mm-hmm. I got best of both worlds—the new one too. Uh, anyway, awesome. so it was a super small town, but it was that flavor of it's junior hockey. You're playing against Kingston had a junior team at the time, but then you're you're playing against some Toronto teams. Obviously, you're a Golden Eagle, you're Trenton, um, but just you're competing against some bigger towns, and it's just a it was a goalie factory too. So when I first went there to Longton, I knew I was getting into a good, a good, a good opportunity to to progress my hockey year uh, career. Um, but that year uh, when we went, so we won our league, and then after, and your league is so you do your like your four rounds, best of seven, so you win that, and then you you we went to like our, our kind of like little showdown in Ontario, and there you have, go to we went to Huntsville and we did a tournament. However, the, the craziest part of the whole tournament was we were in like, we lost this, we lost the last game of our round robin. And because we lost it, we had to then, uh, we didn't get a bye right to the finals. It was just, it was a small tournament. So we didn't get a bye right to the finals. So we shoot, her, shoot herself in the foot and, our, and our, our shot herself in the foot. And our coach really let us know that. Anyway, so we played the, the game up to the finals. We played against like a team that was really bad. But they had a real, really good stud goalie at the time. His name was uh, Jake Patterson. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, he was like a sixteen-year-old goalie playing. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, I think Detroit drafted him actually. Um, yeah,
2: he so played with Belville Senators. Yeah, I played against him in Toledo. Anyways,
3: yeah, yeah he played. Yeah, a little played in the a. Saginaw Kitchener. Um, so anyway, so we, we were against him. <laughs> so of course, it's like we're just pummeling him. Uh, with shots, and they're having a few against me. Anyways, we go to like the overtime, and if we lose, we're done, right? It's like this team's just—it's one of those toughest games. Like they suck, but they don't <laughs> suck. And anyways, we beat them in like the second overtime. So our game started at eight o'clock. We're done at twelve. So I—I wow. we won two to one. I, I made sixty saves. Oh man. He had ninety-one shots against ninety-one. Like wow. it was insane. Wow. I know. Whoa. Anyways, but yeah, this is supposed to be my story. Yeah, what are you no, telling I mean, about had, Jake Patterson? I, for? I didn't I know really, about him before this. Breakways, I made. No. Yeah.
2: So that, but you, you guys, guys won him on the call. Did they? Did they do a? Par, did they <laughs> we do a?
3: Won. We. They do a parade for you. What?
2: <laughs> did they do a parade oh, for you?
3: Yeah, we won that. Yeah, so we we won that game, and then we went won the finals, and then we came back to Wellington. And they did the, like they did a big show, like parade and all that, and then we got to go to the RBC Cop, and we had a good we kind of had a good run at it. We lost against some good teams, but um, we were kind of being part of Wellington. We kept getting referred to like they had, I think it was a 2001 or three team. That was always the talk of the town. So it was kind of nice now to be able We we kind of turned that. So it was the mm. 2010, 11 team, I guess we were a part yep. of. Yeah. I think uh, I was at Nothing but good ones. And my billet family was the billets there were just unbelievable. It was just such an amazing hockey town. I would encourage anyone I was looking for a junior A team. If they could go there, I would recommend it. That's good. Nice. Stevie.
1: Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask, uh, just to you, Matt, about like, how, how do you, the sort of the, the goalie community is a pretty sort of tight and small community. How do you get connected into goalies? And then how do you sort of stay connected with them as they kind of move around and go to different places?
4: Yeah, it's you're definitely right. It is a tight bunch. I, um, so I, years ago, I used to work for um, for iTech Hockey and Bauer as a as a uh, product developer. So I used to develop goalie equipment. It was a dream job, and and then I, I resigned for personal reasons. My wife and I had a change of plans, and and leaving I was hard because I really I left the goalie community. So Vintage goalie was a way of me, and this was about five or six years later of me getting back into that community because uh, it's it's a real tight group from. Uh, I mean, goalie nerds, you know, there's a lot of guys that nerd out on the gear and, um, and then the the enthusiasts when it comes to just collecting the old gear. And then there's just the fans of the game of the position. And also what's a really unique element that most people don't consider in the goalie community are all the goalie schools. There are some top notch goalie programs coast to coast. Uh, many of them I've connected with and, and done programs with wonderful, wonderful people and And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's, uh, it's a special group. Uh, there are a lot of people moving in and out of it, but I would say if you're looking to connect Instagram, follow hashtag goalie hashtag, uh, anything having to do with goalie nerd or tendy setups or any of that, (laughs) and you'll be, you'll be inundated really quick and part of that community pretty quick. Yeah
2: uh So goalie mask. I mean, when I was a kid, my my goalie hero was Ken Dryden. Like I loved Ken Dryden, and and back then, oh looky there, looky, look at those masks. So talking goalie mask, Matt. Like one of my favorite goalie masks, though, was Jerry Cheevers, and yeah. he would always kind of mark up when he got hit with the puck. uh What was your favorite goalie Man. mask growing up?
4: My favorite goalie mask. Uh, it was an iTech mask. It was all black and. You know, it, it's funny how you, you sort of—I don't know—it's just the way I was. i, I was never one to want to buy gear. Like my my gear when I when I first started, I put an ad in the classifieds in Ottawa back in the old days. Remember the classifieds? And and this lady had a garbage bag. She was elderly. It was her son's gear, and I w- I couldn't wait. I got to her house. She gives me the garbage bag. I think I paid twenty bucks. And wow. inside of there was an old pair of DNR brown leather pads, a blocker <laughs> catcher and no mask. So what I did is I got a player (laughs) helmet with a cage. So it was the, you know, the the Billy Smith combo, right? Yeah. And, and that was my first one. But then, um, when I got playing a little bit more regularly, I I went out and I bought again, a used mask with a used cage. It was rusted. And I, again, I just liked that old stuff and I sanded it, cleaned it all up, made it my own, put some graphics on it. And you know what? That mask is now gone. We moved. And, um, it stunk so bad. It was, such an, <laughs> it was so bad, and uh, my wife's like, "We, you know, I we're making some money now. You got a full time job. I'm sure you can do a little better and get yourself." And I never brought it with me. I left it there, and to this day, it drives me crazy that oh, I didn't bring it. You didn't Did bring I it keep around. everything, right? Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. I bet your wife sure.
2: likes that. Do you keep everything, right? All that <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: My my stuff looks like I have a lot here. This is just the surface my garage is is packed it's like a mini oh. hall of fame because it used to be here and she's like it's out there now it's got to go got to go <laughs> oh, that's yeah.
2: funny bobby you got a question there? yeah
0: i've got all the jordan questions it seems here um jordan mm-hmm. what is your favorite goalie
3: mask
2: uh, is he thinking the, like
3: one of my, like my own count as an answer oh yeah you could say your own yeah sure I thought we were okay. That's what I, I thought. I thought you were talking about my own
2: mask. You're pretty vain, aren't you? My yeah. word. We're talking about other people's masks and you just want to talk about yourself, but that's okay.
4: It's more fun.
0: <laughs> Either or. It's all good.
3: <laughs> Alright, I try to pull up I try to I try to pull up a picture. It's hard for you to see. That's one of my masks.
0: Uh oh look so at that. Nice. There's a
3: lot there's a lot going on there. Um I'll put it down so I can look. So, it was, so the cool story. So that was my uh, college hockey mask for the uh, RIT Tigers, Rochester Institute of Technology. Mouthful. Um, <laughs> anyway, so on the mask, there's, there's a. It was actually designed by my by my chaplain. So his name is Mark Propelia, and he's actually worked for HMI Hockey Ministries International. Great guy, unbelievable. He uh, he. His background was actually like graphic design. So. He just what he made up this mask and he's like you can go with it if you want. I'm like yeah, I'm going with it. <laughs> oh, wow. So I think this one was sent to Eye Candy Air and they uh, spray painted it up there out of Toronto. Anyway, so I got it's like a stained glass cathedral back like look to it. It's really cool. It's got some sparkles on that. It has like my tiger logo at, at the front, but then it has like a warrior kind of like going off in the battle on the on the ear side. And then my nickname, it's hard to see on the chin, but it's Rubes. So it's just Rubes. Nice. And then my, on um, the other side of my ear was just, was, was a cross. Just a, a simple cross.
0: That's and awesome. then
3: on the back, um, on the back I had Romans 1, 6, uh, yeah, one sixteen, unashamed of the gospel. And another, I had another emblem. There was a, a bunch of Christian rappers I like, and they had an emblem of a, of a bear with like a goatee of fruit and it was called like bear fruit. So it's kind of like, oh. yeah, they're just kind of ironic, funny. <laughs> but I was funny. I always got questions asked about my mask, which I liked as a goalie, because it was just an easy segue to talk about mm-hmm. it. And too, as believers, I mean you're just if you're just talking about your life, your personal you're, I think Christ is gonna come out regardless. Yeah. So but I made sure my mask was like an easy layup for me, you know? Um no, I enjoyed it. And I think also I had a, a little slogan for the kingdom. Um those were kind of just definitely trigger things I need to think about it and as I was like my before my games and um see now you got me goosebumps because I'm talking about it <laughs> uh, like before my games I'm putting on my mask I, I had just different prayers I would say but just definitely like the helmet of salvation kind of came over me it was always yeah. cool I put on that mask so it it, it was more than just a goalie mask so that mask was definitely my favorite mask so that's um, cool nice. yeah it was a special mask I still and I still yeah. Uh,
2: you guys talk a bit about you're into music. music. And we're g- going to ask both of you now about about your musical influence. And um, you know, here at the edge, we talk about music, sports, and politics. And so, uh, Jordan, have you ever heard of the Christian rapper Bill Gaither? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's not a. <laughs> are
1: you trying to pull me? oh, oh no. <laughs>
2: okay, so tell me what what music are you currently listening to now? We'll start with you, Jordan. <laughs>
3: Uh, well, I was actually just today listening to an artist by the name of KB. He's a Christian rapper. Yeah. Um, so he's a pretty cool guy. I like. I'll go from Christian rap, and I don't mean really like normal rap to begin with. But it was just I got introduced to the Christian rap artist. I think I heard the Cray yeah. at a at a Six Flags events in in the in, Amer- in the states. Um, but then I'll kind of go to maybe some elevation worship music. So I can kind of go a little bit everywhere. Um, but my playlist before games, I definitely would listen to a lot more of like worshipy songs, to be honest. Like I wasn't, I didn't get too, like I didn't need to get really pumped up rah-rah. It was just more of, you know, goal is we need to be deep breathers and calm and relaxed. And But Christian Rat definitely gets me going. So yeah. There you go.
2: And, all right, Matt, what, what's on your playlist?
4: you say me? Yeah, me? sorry, yeah. Um, one that I've been, a band that I've really gotten into lately, especially, I've been watching their videos too, the band's called Need to Breathe. Yep. Uh, really like them, uh, and I actually just pulled up my playlist. So uh, The Afters, Sanctu- oh. Sanctus Real, big Zach Williams fan. My daughter loves him, and we've been listening to his music a lot. He did that uh, that series in... in um, in a prison and just, I mean, some of those videos are so Im- impacting and uh mm-hmm. yeah. So there's a few right there.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. Stevie, you got some questions. I
1: was going to tell you that, that Chico Rex, yeah, yeah, loves yeah. Zach Williams, he loves Zach
2: Williams. Yeah. He goes
1: <laughs> all about him. So listen to uh, him yeah, on his big so. pontoon
2: boat. Listen to the Zach Williams. <laughs> he's
1: he's into it, it and Dolly Parton. So that may not quite be your style, but that's Chico's style. <laughs> <so>. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, uh, I just, like even just in terms of your, your vintage goalie brand, like uh, you had mentioned before, like working for, for Bauer and like, does that somewhere that you sort of take inspiration from your, your time there and what other types of things inspire you and, and sort of give you sort of that you think through?
4: That's a really good question. Um I don't think I've ever been asked that before because <laughs> I, I don't really, not to say I don't put thought into stuff, but I, it's just, um I don't know. I think, well, I love photography. I will say, I follow a lot of photographers. Um, it's been something I've—it's really grown on me recently. Um, so I, I draw a lot of inspiration from just trying to find really cool photos of old gear. And actually, that's how the brand started originally. It was just a Facebook page I had of photos I was taking of my gear, close-ups of an old patch, for example, that had fallen or starting to fall off, and you know that the patina on the leather or a buckle that was rusty and. Like, just those unique photos that you wouldn't normally see, that's what I was taking pictures of, and, and that's sort of how it started. And, and then uh, then I thought, well, uh, you know what, for fun, I'm going to do a logo. So it was a, it's a flying mask is what I call it. It's uh, inspired by Jacques Plante with a wing on it, and, uh, and then it kind of went from there. But I, I'd say I draw inspiration mostly from um, just, you know, being surrounded by old gear. And, and then in, in addition to that is probably the history. I love the history of the game. Um, I, I, I consider myself a bit of a preserver of our history, uh, especially for the kids today, you know, um, and I'm, I'm up on the latest, but I sure love to be able to, to keep some of those, those old stories and and where we came from at the surface. So we don't forget some of the greats
2: in in doing some prep for the show. I, I Googled your name, Matt, and, and the three things that came up, we got vintage goalie. We got the mint. Okay. and some photos of stuff you've done, and Awana at your church.
4: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. is, is that pretty yeah. much you? It's quite a mix, yeah. Actually, I've never Googled myself, and my daughter did it just, like, literally Friday. I think it was Thursday <laughs> or Friday. <laughs> like, Dad, look at your Awana videos that come up. I thought that was <laughs> really funny. Yeah.
2: All right, Stevie, you up next? <laughs> I give you a couple questions, didn't I?
1: Oh, yeah, this is good. You're putting me to work here. Yeah, yeah I, I guess... One of the cool things uh, that we know Jordan is is uh, is your time uh, in, in the EHL uh, ECHL I mean the ECHL. Uh, there's there's a number of guys that have sort of come uh, you know, out out of the coast and, and gone on to different NHL. What's what's your experience been like uh, in the East Coast Hockey League and, and uh, what were some of the people that you played with there and, and what's just sort of been, been like for you? Uh, it
3: was a it's obviously it was a it's a fun league it's a it's a grind league. Hmm. um it's you're playing with a third a third of the guys are 20 year old guys on show deals uh so they're a big they're big uh career in front of them you got a third of the guys are good guys that could be in the hl but they're on two ways or one way, like it's so they're still good players and then you got a third of the guys that are just at your east coast contract so hmm. i was just at the east coast level contract but you're playing with some top end guys and it's it's kind of a, it's it's, it's kinda of like the nightmare of a goalie for a league because it's <laughs> you got so much skill and there's and it's so wide open. Like it's just like, are you kidding me? So like goalies would be like their numbers or GAs or whatever are bad. And then even if they would get called up to the HL, it's like it's an automatic like they lose a goal against on their average. It's like, <laughs> oh man. So it's a league that had lots of skill, like lots of lots of good talented guys. Um, definitely uh, enjoyed it. Uh, Definitely kind of took a little bit to kind of break out and just kind of get in a rhythm just for the hockey standpoint, but it was just, it's just fun kind of being able to view it as your job. Um, Mm. I definitely feel like I've had, I've been humbled in my career multiple times. So I, I came into that league, just very grateful for what I had and where I was Um, our hockey just in life, but especially hockey players, uh, they kind of, you know, as the level goes up, so is your ego. Uh, <laughs> so with my teams in the coast, the guy, what I just dis- described as that tier of levels, <laughs> it kind of matched their egos. Okay, So <laughs> that kind of just is sometimes a little tough. So when you're talking about like having championship teams, it's tough because you want to win a championship, but at the same time, people want to get out of that team and on to the next team. Right. Um, but that being said, I I play with lots of good guys and, and good skill. Um, did I? I'm trying to think here. I am not good on the spot. So who who did I play with? Um, well, I tell you, there's some guys that have, that, that have played. You, you probably know some guys that maybe play to with.
2: Well, I don't know guys that you've played with, but I I think that the, one of the things that, that thought that came across was the coast, like. For goalies, there seems to be guys like Chris Drieger, who's now doing very well in Florida. He he couldn't make oh, Balbo yeah, yeah, a few yeah, years yeah. ago. And so now he's down in um, – you know, he was down in Brampton in the coast, and now he's up playing in Florida. You have guys like James Reimer, you know, playing yeah. uh, you know playing down in the, the coast, yeah. and now they're playing in the NHL. And the path for goalies to get to the NHL seems to uh, – goalies may be mature or develop a little later, and they – and you have guys that are in the coast. And then a few years later, they're starring in the NHL. So is there still
3: yeah, hope? Yeah, it's
2: still hope, Jordan.
3: Maybe. Yeah. Still hope. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I guess as long as you're playing, there's always hope.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and let me, let me ask. So you went overseas, you got married, you went overseas. Uh, what town did you play in when you went overseas into
3: France? Did you know what town it was?
2: Yeah. What, what was the name of that town? Do you, do you remember the name of that? It's called Brest, France. Brest. There you
4: go. <laughs> oh, you knew it. Yeah. You knew it. I don't was. know
2: what you're talking about. And how was All playing it was overseas? I was We're playing Breast. overseas in Brest. Oh,
4: yeah, B
3: R E S T. Okay. There you go. All right. Just so you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: So how was it playing overseas?
3: Yeah. I was. It was fun. It's, I'm glad I did it. I feel like uh, the sexiness kind of wore, wore wore off. Kind of knowing what overseas was like. It was. It's fun. It was good. I think the language barrier caught me off surprise more. I mean, I knew where I was going, but at the same time, just yeah. It's no one really spoke a lick of English besides like my hockey team, which was hmm. which was great. But in France too, was like a. It's a cool place. There's uh, I don't know, We got a. We got to tour around a bit and see some, some neat nice things, but, uh, no, it was, I'm glad I did it by, by all means. And I think, I think if everyone has, has a chance with hockey, at least to go over, if they go to Europe, that's great. Wherever you want to go to, if I would, I always tell my wife, if we would, like, if we would have done it again, like I, we maybe go to somewhere else, but it was nothing but good experience. We had our son at the time, so he was I think it was three months, and then we left. So he spent a lot of a uh, good chunk of his life there, and right. it was just it was a good experience for the little family, my wife, my son, and I uh, were playing there.
2: It's good,
3: Bobby.
0: Yeah, uh, Matt. Maybe uh, could you talk a little bit about your journey of faith?
4: Sure. Yeah, I grew up. Uh, I grew up in a home where we went to church on Sundays, and um, but you know, outside of that, it, it wasn't a personal relationship uh with the lord by any means um and it wasn't until uh uh it was in the year 2000 um that i became a christian and uh it was the, the journey i'd say high school especially i, I got into alcohol and uh, at a young age very young age and uh so high school and then well into college um uh my life was was i mean i was ripping and tearing and having a great old time and and pretty distant from the Lord, that's for sure. I mean, I there was no evidence of Christ in my life at all. I mean, at that point, and um, I found myself. Uh, I'll just give you real quick so I moved to Ottawa in uh in 1999, and uh, like I said, at that point, I was just living, uh, living it all, living, living life, having a great old time. And and um, when I moved to Ottawa, I had no friends, right? It was all new, new city, and I uh, found myself evenings and weekends going to the bars on my own because I didn't know anybody and uh taking cabs home and just kind of found myself in a real dark place to be quite honest with you and um so got myself in a, a new apartment um uh, right across the street from this church called the Metropolitan Bible Church uh I lived a, I lived above a pawn shop it was wasn't the nicest part of town and and I remember uh, checking the apartment out, and I open up the kitchen window, or the blinds, open up the blinds, and out of the blinds, I see the cross. And it was it was the Met. It was the church right across the street. This is on Bank Street. And I was really quite annoyed. I was quite frustrated because with the scene, the cross came guilt and everything else because I had left church mm. years ago and had enough of it. And uh, um, And so, to make a long story short, I found myself slipping in uh, halfway through the service, slipping out so nobody would talk to me. Uh, but then over time, um, I mean, it's, it's a long story. But then over time, uh, you know, hearing the pastor always end the service with the invitation, how you can become a Christian, that was all new for me. And hearing that invitation over and over and over again, I began to realize that something was missing. And uh, and so it was a Sunday afternoon after hearing this, that same message. I don't know how many times got home to my uh, my apartment. Got on my knees at my bed because that's all I knew as a kid. We used to pray at our bed with our parents and um, told the Lord I was sorry for a life of rebellion and, and I wanted to live in my heart. And, um, you know, I, I seriously, I remember after I prayed that I was waiting for some beam of light to shine through my bedroom window or something cool to happen. <laughs> Nothing like that happened. But I can tell you days that followed, a lot of serious changes happened. You know, I used, every other word for me was the F-bomb and uh, hmm. and the, the alcohols. I was a heavy smoker and all those things in a matter of time, in a short time, they just, they disappeared. It was, it was a miracle. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Nice.
2: Jordan, maybe you can talk about your journey of faith and what you're up to today. How long do you got? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we had Chico Rash on um, and he talked for hours.
3: So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what, what's he got to do Monday morning? <laughs> um, no, it's – so I was just – my raised Christian family, my parents, strong believers, uh, great role models, um, went to church. And I was about young – so we're going to church in the uh, Kitchener area. Anyways, so my church would send the youth to – um, a conference called Fresh Wind in Toronto at the airport church. And I went there probably a number of times prior, but I think it was about, see, I'm, I'm not the guy, I'm the guy where I don't, I don't have the exact date and like time and I don't have a pinpoint, but I just know when it was. And it was very meaningful, but I was around like 12 or so. And this preacher was given like these altar calls. It was like Thursday. It was whatever. It was like Thursday night, the Friday nights, and the Saturday nights is what the conference was. And I kind of was getting on the preacher's routine, right? So I'm like, okay, he Friday night he was doing the altar call. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. And I was getting like <laughs> these lumpiness in my throat. Yeah. But I knew he was gonna do it the next night. So I'm like, ah, I'll I'll suppress it. I'll yeah, I got this God. I got you. And Saturday Friday night came and the same thing, I'm not gonna do it. And and then it was eventually I just gave in and just I told people it's I went. I would go to I would go to church and I knew of God and it's just the Christian cliche like I I didn't know God yet but Mm -hmm. I wasn't super rebellious like I was I was a genuine good kid and I believe that because we are made in the image of God so go figure God's good and I mean I know not no one's good not one but we still have those traits anyways it was in that moment where like God opened my eyes to Him and I I was kind of like Isaiah Isaiah six where he like he He felt so unworthy in front of God for, like, that split second. And then he turned into, like, okay, now send me. It was that moment for me where I just felt so dirty, so sinful, so disgusting. But, like, in the split second, I never felt so much love and so valued ever before. And as a kid, like, he just wrecked me. Like, I'm always, like, a little bit more of a kind of passionate guy, like, a little more emotional. I get that from my mom. (laughs) but he just wrecked me with i would never cried so much before and i still have those occasions from time to time and i love it because it's it's about having a relationship with him so that's where i started as a kid and just from that he i definitely was viewing hockey as my ministry and i love hockey for the very reason of i just felt so alive playing it um hockey i just feel like I was living out my creative purpose. I felt close to God when I was playing hockey. Like, who's that guy? Something Liddell, the runner, that talks about when I ran, I feel God's presence. Mm -hmm. I think he was a Christian guy. This this idea that just, it was like I was doing what I was supposed to do. And hockey put me in um, contact with so many people that didn't know him. And it was such a cool, there's something so unique about the hockey environment with just I feel like God gave me an evangelistic gift too and a desire yeah. for people. So he really was using me in the hockey world. And um, later on, a group of um, Christian guys kind of coined the term uh, how we're Christians who just happen to be hockey players. <laughs> that was cool. that Christian idea. And he's saying, hey, you're a Christian first, and you just happen to play hockey. So we, I kind of really, when I learned when we kind of talked about that, it was like five years ago, I kind of really dove, drove deeper into using my hockey career and, try to touch as many people as I can for a minute. Um, and I know for me too, my, with hockey and I, I, I still would get nervous playing games. Like some guys, I don't know if it's just a goalie position, if it's just me in general, but like I would get, I, I would still get nervous. I would want to puke as a little kid before a game. And you know, like being a 28 year old goalie, I wouldn't puke, but I'd still get really nervous. But of course, right. What do Christians do when that stuff happens? We press into Jesus that much more. Yeah. And my praying got more intense. My Bible reading got more intense because I knew I really needed that true bread as my nourishment. Uh, my prayer walks around the cities, whether I'm in Cincinnati or in, or Indianapolis or Kalamazoo, Michigan, like rough town, <laughs> like really rough town. And no matter where I am, it just turned my prayer walks, just turned to that and, and praying for like, it was, I loved hockey and the way God used it for me and my faith and especially working on some evangelistic skills and just being hockey, but not being of hockey type of scenario. So I felt very close with hockey, and God used that. He knew what my heart was, and He drew drew me so close to Him through that. So hockey is is definitely. I tell God, I don't really know how you what I know the answer to this, but I tell Him like I don't know how you would use something else to draw me close <laughs> to You um, than hockey. Yeah. So cool. and it's cool because hockey is. To some people who don't know it, my wife's family aren't sports people. But I changed their perspective of a hockey player, of a Christian hockey player who sticks out. So I'm I'm, I, I'm kind of puff my feathers up to that. I'm like, yes. <laughs> but for someone who doesn't know hockey or is not a sports person, uh, we know it. But, man, sports can be such a powerful thing for an opportunity for to show God's love, to evangelize his love. Yeah. And just, uh, I mean, I get excited when I know a Christian – I know, like, the Christian hockey guys, like, like the Mike Fishers or the Hamus, and, like, know that they're in those worlds. Yeah. Um, which, did you know, I think Fisher went to the Met when he was in Ottawa, right? I, yeah. I never yeah. I never
4: met him here, but, yeah, I, I had heard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. I knew here. that's where he was, yeah. That's cool. Well, so,
2: Matt, talk about what's next for Vintage Goalie.
4: I ask myself that almost every day. <laughs> um, you know, um... I don't have, I'm not one of these guys that has a five-year plan. Um, I just, I just know that I love it. And different times, uh, I even talked to you about this, Bruce, different yeah. times I've thought of maybe it's time to pack it in because it, it is, it does take up time. I've got a young family and my wife and my kids are my priority. And obviously the Lord's uh, you know, number one. And so I never wanted to take away from that. But at the same time, I, I really love it. I really do. And, and so, um, you know, I, I think right now it's, it's, um, it's, it's just going to keep rolling. And more and more I use it as a ministry. You know, I, I do fundraisers once in a while. I like to help people out where I can. And um, and it's amazing, you know, how many people um, I've connected with just even recent, Bruce, since you and I last chatted, uh, how many guys I've, I've, I've just had recent chats with who are going through a dark dark time in their life. Yeah. And just do a direct message mm. on Instagram. I've had some pretty unique conversations with boys uh, with that are, you know, on hard times. And so I use those opportunities to that's awesome. share the world with them. So, yeah, we're going to keep it going. I'm, I'm having fun, and my wife is still putting up with it. So yeah. we'll see how long that lasts.
2: You might have to build another garage, right? <laughs> Other than that, I definitely need some more space. That's for sure. <laughs> it's all good there. Um, and, Jordan, what's next for the Rubies? Any family plans?
3: Family plans. Well, so I'm in. Uh, yeah, so our current, you know, our current pandemic situation has <laughs> kind of got every a bunch of people rebranding themselves, and I think I'm I'm kind of in that section of uh, kind of figuring out what I'm going to do. Uh, the hockey was up in the air, and this year we decided we had more peace, not doing the COVID hockey season. Uh, we just kind of. Yeah, we felt more peace anyways. But now what I did is at at our church, we had a local – we had like an arborist at our church. So I I worked with him last summer, and I kind of just fell in love with the work. So as of now, I've just been learning how to climb trees and cut down trees, and it's mimicking a lot of things that I guess I experienced as a goalie with lots of adrenaline, some some nerves, um, good nerves. They keep me safe. Um, But then – you know, the discouragement of a tree kind of overwhelms you, but then kind of conquering it the next day and feeling really good. Uh, it was, anyways, so I'm enjoying that. But at the same time, I'm getting my feet wet with uh, the, the church here. That my wife went to, it's a Free Methodist church. I know that collides against you. Um, no, <laughs> what are you talking Bruce, about? I go to a, I, I'm go a, a card-carrying uh, member at a be, Free Methodist Methodist camp. and Baptist people will both be
2: in heaven. <laughs> Don't worry. Listen. So what did my friend tell me no. that there's no like NBC Muskoka Baptist conference there's nothing worse than a pretentious Baptist who's on holidays who uh, <laughs> who, who want yeah anyway but listen, I go to a free Methodist camp. I, I love the Free <laughs> Methodist. What are you talking about?
3: No uh, so it's yeah so Ruby's are we are trying to discern our next steps in our in our path and uh, I got we got a third kid on the way. So we are busy. Uh, Life is really busy right now. And I I do think there needs, when the opportunities do come to kind of slow down, I think I do need that. And at the same time, uh, just for speaking for hockey purposes, if if I am transitioning out of hockey, uh, there needs to be some, you know, when life is definitely too busy, that's not the way to kind of, you know, heal properly and get over things. So I think I want to make life a little less busy and definitely I think just being a way find ways to get on the ice and, and teach goalies and train it doesn't have to be necessarily a full-time thing, but I do feel like I spend so much time in it and I'm a, if you're a hockey person, you're a hockey person. You're, if you do anything else, you do kind of feel like a fish out of the water. So, um, I enjoy climbing trees. I would love to be able to stay connected with the hockey too. And, uh, Besides that though, it's the family's good, healthy, they're fun. Love playing and wrestling with my kids. They bring me great joy. And uh yeah. That's awesome. Third, third one on the way. Few a few more weeks. Few more weeks. And
2: is there a truth that if it's a boy, you're gonna name him Bruce? <laughs> it's a girl. <laughs> oh. We're gonna so it's Brucey.
3: Brucey. <laughs> I love
2: it. I love it. Are you guys up for a game of goalie trivia? Oh, okay. 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 We I think you're up for it. So, Marty Brodeur led all NHL goalies in games played. Who was second? I'll give you some I'll give you some A, Patrick Roy, B, Terry Sachuk, or C, Roberto Luongo. Okay. Luongo. Luongo for Matt, what do you say, Jordan?
3: Uh, Terry.
2: Oh, no. You know what? It's it's Luongo. Matt Matt on the Ooh. board. All right. So you got one. Nice. We'll go, we'll num- we got five questions here. So second question, which NHL goalie has the most points, scoring points? Marty Brodeur, Grant Fuhr, or Tom Barrasso?
4: That's a really great question. I got to use that on my page sometimes. That's a really <laughs> good one.
2: Um, Can you give me that list again? Uh, Okay, we'll go. Do you guys have the... Bobby, do you want to read them the list?
0: Yeah, it's uh, Marty Brodeur, Grant Feuer, and Tom Barrasso. I'm
4: going with Sir. Ah, Brodeur.
2: It's Tom Barrasso. Whoa! (laughs) Yeah.
0: What's the total, Bruce?
2: I think it was 16. Wow.
0: Yeah.
2: Wow. All right, which... NHL goalie has the most playoff wins: Billy Smith, Chico Resch, Marty Brodeur, or Patrick Roy.
4: Oh, it's gotta be between
2: who, one who are or two, two of those names? <laughs> <laughs> Chico Resch, Billy Smith, Chico Resch, Marty Brodeur, and Patrick Roy. No, I was just
3: saying they're they're past my era.
2: Oh yeah, here you go. Come on. Uh,
3: yeah, here we go uh go chico you go Chico.
2: he'll love yeah. you for it okay is
3: that yes yeah,
2: matt, matt what did you who'd you guess i'm gonna go with brodera brodera yeah. patrick raw oh, oh my goodness. really i Verdure. thought Verdure for sure yeah all right uh Verdure was in second i think okay. the uh the total here just a second here i got a I put this thing on my. It, it only recognizes my face, but it doesn't. Uh, Bergeron had 113 wins. Patrick Wall 151. 151. Yep. Yeah. All right. Which NHL goalie has the most penalty minutes? So you've got Ron Hextall, Billy Smith, or Ed Belfour. <laughs> okay, Matt. See, this is one
3: of those tricks. I want to go with Billy, but I, I think I'm going to say Belfour.
4: Okay, just cause. I'm going Hextall.
3: Oh,
2: Matt gets it right. It's Hextall. Oh, <sighs> by a large marsh by a large portion. All right, and the final one: which NHL goalie has the most Stanley Cups? Kenny Dryden, Grant Fuhr, or Johnny Bauer? And Dryden. Okay, and what do you got, Jordan? Well, I'm obviously going Dryden. There you go. It's Kenny Dryden with yeah. six. There's actually three of them at six, and that's the most of, of any goalie. So congratulations. You
4: know uh, actually, I'm, I'm going to – Well, gonna... I, how much did – Sorry,
3: Go ahead, George. Yeah. Plon... No, I was saying Plon. Yeah, our buddy Plant was up there too.
2: Well, I don't know. Google. Apparently, Wikipedia though. I think Steve changes Wikipedia from time <laughs> to time. So. I've been known to. <laughs>
4: I was just going to say quickly about Dryden. I'd have to check the numbers, but there's a crazy stat: his games played and how many he, how many games he lost versus how many he won are staggering. Like he hardly lost any games in his career. He hardly had any shots because. Well, all... <laughs> well, he didn't have a long career, but still, no, eight amazing. years, yeah. You know, when
2: I was a kid, like I, I did, I, I was played out. But when I was playing road hockey, I was always like Ken Dryden, leaning on the stick. Ken Dryden is typical. He'd Lean on a stick because he was, you know, the puck wasn't in his end very much. But, uh, can I, can uh I shoot my
4: favorite mask now, can I get can I answer that? Question yeah, 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 go ahead. Here it is. Here, this is uh, <laughs> it's the Jacques mm. Plante. Oh, there you go. Um, because of who he was and what he did, that mask to me is timeless.
0: That's awesome. Nice.
2: That is awesome, guys. Uh, we've come to the and, end. Oh, go ahead. And
3: I'll just I'll just time in that. My we have our we have a my kid loves the Jacques Plante book we have. It's a little book that talk, talks about Jacques and his story and the one game, and and I think it was Matt in, in the Gardens where he just got ripped and says, I'm not playing without my Matt. Anyways, it's just the story about it how he got booed and chirped. And, yeah. and then as my wife's reading the book, I'm listening to it, and she's saying, yeah, so Jacques Plante – he went on to win uh, v- uh, some sub- Vizna trophies and I'm sub- like, <laughs> Oh man! Yeah. But you know uh, it was a good. Block. So I made sure I taught my son the right way to say the words. You know, yeah. Vizna and Vizna. But so he, so he's learned So he, so my son is is learning about the, but the old guy too. There, Matt, uh, don't worry. Awesome. It, would, oh,
2: would your son? Are you gonna game, encourage? Yeah. Are you en- going to encourage yeah. your son to play? goalie
3: i mean maybe if he wants <laughs> i think we might just work at the rim outs and he'll just be the player that picks the puck off the, the boards and chips it out yeah, yeah. And he'll probably get to the nhl <laughs> yep. well what did we no, just become yeah. best friends they'll, they'll be, yep. if you want to play go play there you go what did we just become best friends yep <laughs> you want to go do karate in the garage yep
2: you know what that means, guys. That means the podcast is done. I want to thank uh, Matt and Jordan for joining us today. For the Edge of Tomfoolery, my name is Bruce Mackey. I'm Bob Morris. Uh,
1: I am Steve height
2: And thanks to our guests, Matt and Jordan, for joining us. Uh, Matt, if they want to check you out on um, Vintage Goalies, how can they see you? Are you on the interwebs?
4: Yes, the, uh, the what do they call that, the World Wide Web, the Information Superhighway. Yeah, it's on... Uh, Vintage Goalie <laughs> on Instagram, and then just Vintage Goalie on Twitter and, and Facebook. Uh, you can find me there.
2: Okay. And Jordan, if people want to get in touch with you, have some arborist kind of things to do, mm-hmm. do they look you up on the interwebs as well?
3: You're, the word you're looking for is, uh, is uh, yeah, the twit face word or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you, the, uh, Twitter, the are, are you on the Twitter? No, uh, maybe, but I'm not active. <laughs> uh, no, they, they'll just contact you and you can contact them. <laughs> Perfect.
2: It's pretty low-key. <laughs> well, you know what? Goalies aren't that quirky, guys. You, It's been a good uh, privilege to have mm-hmm. you tonight. Thanks for joining us and have a great week, everyone.
4: Thanks for having me. Having see you guys. Thanks, Thanks for having guys. us. Yeah.